0: Hello! Welcome back for the millionth time exactly. to Murders, Ghosts, and Everything in Between. Mm-hmm. That's Rinki. And that's Karishma. And we are going to be talking about the murders part of our name again. Um mm-hmm. and this is a local murder, well, local serial killer, so mm-hmm. it's especially close to our hearts and yeah. it's very recent, so we want to be as respectful as possible
1: mm-hmm. because
0: yeah. there are people who are affected by the gruesome acts mm-hmm. committed by the serial killer and I feel like you need to be really sensitive in these topics. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings mm-hmm. and I'm sure you feel the same way, but yeah. Yeah, So yeah.
1: even when I was researching, I felt like, I I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do this because I initially suggested it, but then I was like, because it's so recent, it just feels really weird doing it Uh because there really isn't, you know, closure, I I guess. Yeah, there
0: definitely isn't, and it's, in a way, I feel like it may be seen as disrespectful to Mm -hmm. the victims if we're covering it so early, Mm -hmm. but... It in no way is meant to be disrespectful.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we're just trying... We're going to try our best to cover it as nicely as possible Mm -hmm. and as respectfully as possible. And we really hope we do it justice. Mm -hmm. I guess this is our murders episode after the Black Dahlia. Mm -hmm, Yeah. So what we actually... Instead of the four episode rule, we did the two episodes this time around, Mm -hmm. Um, which is fine. But do you want to explain a little bit about why we did that? Um, Sure.
1: So we basically decided that um, our season was going to be 13 episodes. And so this is our 12th episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have one more and we didn't want to really end on a somber note mm-hmm. and so we wanted to do something else for the last episode so we're, we decided on doing this one for the twelfth one but we will be ending the season after 13 which is not, uh, which is I guess two episodes from now or after this one,
0: one episode yeah so and then the first season is gonna end after mm-hmm. the 13 episodes and we hope to be back with our second season mm-hmm. sometime in September, maybe. Yeah. 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 When Rinky's all settled in into yeah. her new home. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be interesting because we're going to be recording over the internet, mm-hmm. which, you, as we know, we've had many, many troubles with it. Yeah. And we had so many troubles today, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is going to be super interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean I'm excited. I think I think it'll be cool. Well we also have like a ton of ideas and stuff like that, you know.
0: Yeah. We haven't given up hope yet on like the technical issues. And like I am definitely excited about the everything in between part of Mm -hmm. our name because I feel like that gives us so much room to talk about all of this crazy weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like that's what I'm super pumped to talk about. Yeah. Also, we hit 500 listens yeah, like, that's yesterday. So yeah, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Thanks again for listening to us. Yeah, it's thank so crazy. Listening. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I feel really like I honestly feel like I'm in shock that there's like people listening besides us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, do we want to jump
1: into the topic? Sure. Um, yeah. So, this um, ha- happened in Toronto.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm basically so uh oh my gosh I don't even know where to start cuz it's so like uh it's so recent it like you know
0: like okay. super recent so it actually like the sentencing took place in February of 2019 so that yeah. is not even 6 months mm-hmm.
1: but I'll give you some background so basically we're going to talk about right now the uh the murders that happened in Toronto's uh, gay village So it's just called The Village by people that Mm -hmm. live in Toronto, but, um, you know. So Mm -hmm. basically, um, this is, so this village is, uh, supposedly Canada's largest gay community, and for people that live in Toronto, it's at the intersection of Church and Wellesley, which is something I did not know. I actually hadn't even heard of this until, like, you know, the murders happened, and yeah. Yeah,
0: same, actually. I feel like it's because we're not from Toronto, like, we're from outside of Toronto so yeah. like we wouldn't really be in the know mm-hmm. <laughs> of their names. Yeah. And so and Toronto's very like exclusive. It's like It is. they kind of do their own thing so
1: I mean it's 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 a lot. Like it's a lot, yeah. you know. Every time I go downtown it's just a lot to take in. I need like 10 days to
0: recover after I go yeah. downtown. It's, it's exhausting. Much. Yeah. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um so anyways this uh happens in the village for the most part. Uh, so men were going missing for the last few years around the village, and the community was growing increasingly concerned of, uh, about their safety because, again, it's it, from what I read, it sounds like it's a very tight-knit community where everyone mm-hmm. sort of knows one another. Mm-hmm. And so, so, yeah, people were basically, you know, these murders were happening. People were uh, disappearing. Men specifically were disappearing, um, and nobody really knew why. So I'm going to kind of talk about the person that did it, so the perpetrator, Um, and his name is Bruce MacArthur, and he, I'm going to tell you, like, right away a little bit of his background, because it kind of makes sense if you know who he was. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So, basically, he worked as a a landscaper, and he lived, or he was kind of familiar with the area. Um, people say that they saw him around in, like, cafes around there, and they kind of recognized him. They didn't know who he was, but they definitely, like, knew him, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... Uh he basically started his spree and this kind of spans this I was really surprised to read this but the time span of this is super long. So it it starts kind of uh in October 2001 and I'm going to kind of take you step by step through it and it ends like now. You know what I mean? So the timeline
0: 2001 Yeah. So this Oh my is, god. Yeah,
1: so this is literally like 20 years, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, so, uh, I didn't expect it to be that long. Like Yeah.
1: It, that, that's crazy. It is, it is. And this you'll also see why this time span there's a lot of controversy because like again it was something that was really, you know, like lengthened. Um so we're gonna start in two thousand one. Uh so in October specifically, a man was attacked inside his apartment at the village. And the village is not actually a village, it's the community, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So the man was attacked uh, in the village. And basically, um, people say, so the man that was attacked led Bruce MacArthur into the building. And
0: they, I mean, I don't think, like, this. you just, you, you, you let never people did. in, right? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, honestly, like, I, when I used to live in an apartment, like, mm-hmm. we would sometimes even get calls from the, like, from, you know, the little machine at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> on the first floor at the yeah. bottom. But, yeah. And then we would just, like, open the door. Because, like, mm-hmm. like who cares? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. you don't think about it. Yeah. You don't think that someone's going to, like, attack you. Mm-hmm, yeah. And generally, this is
1: a safe community, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody even, like, has that on their radar. So Exactly. Yeah. So, he let um, Bruce MacArthur, or Bruce, in. Um, and, basically, he clubbed the man with a metal pipe inside his apartment. Uh this man lost consciousness and then was taken to the hospital. Um now what's really interesting is that um Bruce MacArthur, he actually goes to the police himself after this happened and he said that like he may have hurt someone, but he doesn't know why he did it. So he actually kind of turns oh, himself he knew, in. Like well, did did he consciously i it. i wasn't sure i, w- I or did something snap
0: and then i
1: think it was more that something snapped and then like he was like oh shit i just did that and then he kind of like again he didn't know what he did or like mm-hmm. you know like why he did it so i don't think at least to the police there really wasn't a motive or anything mm-hmm. right he just did this and yeah. at the time he didn't have a criminal record mm-hmm. and so basically um the man that was attacked previously in the past had advertised in gay publications as a male hustler. So they think that um, Bruce MacArthur saw that there was potentially an opportunity for sex, but we're not sure. And that's why he was perhaps attacked. But again, at the point, there was, like, no criminal record, so you couldn't really say that, you know, this is why he did it. Um, he also didn't know why himself. And so mm-hmm. um, the man... I was pretending either
0: or, you know. yeah.
1: Um, And so, basically, the victim of the attack was released from the hospital, thankfully, the same evening. So, he didn't, thank God, like, you know, everything was good. Um, But that was kind of the first, I guess, um, instance of when he kind of became on the radar, right? Because going Mm -hmm. on, he had a a criminal conviction, right? Um, And he was actually convicted in uh, 2003. So, this is two years later, and he was convicted of this assault um, with the metal pipe. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was known as like his first attack and he was put on probation. The police told him to stay away from the area. So to stay away from the village. And Mm -hmm. he was barred from spending any time with male prostitutes. Now, Mm -hmm. again, I don't know like if. Uh, I don't know what his identity was, like what his sexual identity. I don't really know uh, mm-hmm. any of the details, but I do know that like he kind of preyed on um, gay like, men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he was barred from spending time with male prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I again, this is a new thing, right? So and as I was reading, I couldn't find why he got pardoned for his conviction. It just
0: said, like in a sentence, that he got pardoned why? for his conviction. I do not understand that. Like, yeah. I don't. Know. I, I I cannot believe that he got pardoned for that. Yeah. Um, when and, there's someone who experienced such a horrific thing. Yeah. And lived to tell it.
1: Yeah, and it was it was traumatic. It caused like exactly. harm. He was a danger, like you know. And I don't know why, but he did get pardoned. Nobody knows. And then, oh. yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And then you have like. So this is 2003. Then you have seven years later, um, somebody actually just went missing. And this, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce their name properly. Um, Mm -hmm. Navaratnam um, and Mm -hmm. Skandaraj Navaratnam. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the way you say it. I'm not sure. But Mm -hmm. he was basically a refugee that had fled uh, Sri Lanka. And he went missing. The last time he was seen was outside of a bar, I think. And an anonymous source said that uh, Bruce MacArthur and him had dated before and were friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure. Again, it was kind of... The details are a little sketchy. Later on, somebody called in actually... So while the police were investigating his disappearance, right? Um, a tip actually from Switzerland informed them that uh, Novaratnam had been a victim of a cannibalism ring and oh my like, god yeah and it's kind of that was like members only but i mean like you know like that's very i, I don't know Ooh. how they knew that um but the evidence that the the anonymous caller had presented or was discounted again i don't know why um but that was essentially what they said had happened to him and then you have uh december 2010 so it's two months later right so you have the first. Um, So, Navaratnam, you have... So, he goes missing, right? Somebody calls in, says that he has died, and he's a victim of cannibalism, right? And then, Abdul Basir Mm Fezzi, who is the second person to go missing. um, He was, again, originally from Afghanistan. He was a machine operator at a printing company in Mississauga. Mm -hmm. And then you have October 2012, so two years after... The third person to go missing was Majid Kayan. And he was also an immigrant from Afghanistan. So you have three kind of immigrants that immigrants, are going missing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was reported missing by his son, which is really sad. Because I know, like, all of these people have families.
0: But, like, it's, like, you know, like, it's your so, son. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, like, friends, families. just... I can't imagine mm-hmm. going to the police looking for someone that you know. It's just, exactly. it's so horrifying mm. to even think about yeah and i oh. hope that no one ever has to go through that because mm-hmm. that just must like hurt so much
1: yeah exactly and like it's just uh it's so like and you don't get closure right like, yeah all of these missing cases i mean these like you do get some sort of closure if you're lucky, but for most missing cases, you're you're just left wondering yeah. what happened, right?
0: Exactly. Um, and I don't think you'll ever get real closure, like it's, yeah. with something like this, never, because yeah. you never get to say goodbye to the person that you loved, like especially because they were taken so violently from you, and you yeah. always wonder, like, mm-hmm. what must have what they must have felt like in mm-hmm. their last moments, right? Yeah. Like it's just really scary to think Mm -hmm. about.
1: It is, it is. Um, And so we have, so three missing people that have gone missing. This is enough for the police to launch an investigation which was called Project Houston. Um, So in this they interviewed um, people that could potentially be linked to these disappearances and they actually interviewed MacArthur. But Mm. they didn't find anything substantial to link him to uh, link him to the crimes. In fact, they actually thought he was a witness, not a suspect. So they did interview this guy, but Mm. they for some reason believed I mean, I guess they must have had evidence but they believe that he was a witness and not, you know. Mm-hmm. So he kind of flew under the radar. And this will become a recurring theme. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have um, August 2015, you have Sharush Mahmoodi. And he was a professional painter uh, who was reported missing by his family again. And where was I? Right. So Project Houston was launched. Um, and so, again, the task force was created, they didn't find anything substantial linking him to the crime, and so it was actually disbanded, um, because, again, they couldn't find anything, they couldn't find Mm -hmm. any evidence, they didn't have, uh, like, enough, uh, suspects, um, and as soon as it was disbanded, the killing started up again, so he actually stopped killing when he realized that, this is getting attention, and, like, you know,
0: but this all makes me think that it wasn't a mental breakdown, that he was, like, very, like, calculating and he planned all this Mm -hmm. and i I feel like it might have been in the
1: beginning like all the way in 2001 where he was like oh right like because then it seemed like he was still like an amateur like it was kind of like really rage like you know influenced by rage for some reason and like spur of the moment almost but this is definitely like planned right Um, so, yeah, so it was disbanded, and then the killing started up again in August 2015. Saroosh Mahmoodi, a professional painter, is reported missing by his family. And again, if I'm not pronouncing this, I apologize, because I don't really know the right pronunciations. Um, and that was basically that's it so he was reported missing and again nothing came of it which is like really like heartbreaking because for us it's like yeah. one line but for the family it's like you know and then a year goes by and a man actually claims that macarthur choked him and i that's crazy and no charges were pressed which again i was like me? yeah are you fucking kidding right, me if you could actually tally the amount of times that this guy was like go, oh, it's ridiculous um. It doesn't say why. No charges were pressed. I mean, this guy's claiming that MacArthur choked him. So I mean, I'm guessing there was some physical damage that was
0: done, right? Physical, mental. Like that's traumatic. That um, is horrifying. And like, yeah. af- I can't imagine like after the fact too mm-hmm. that you realizing that you escaped a serial killer like this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah,
1: it's traumatic for sure. And so again, no. Horrible. Charge- yeah, and um, the officer that actually was in charge of that case in 2015 is now facing professional misconduct charges because apparently he didn't Good. investigate what he was supposed to investigate Good. back then. So yeah, that's a little bit of karma, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then in 2016, so January 2006, so a couple months later, um, MacArthur kills Krishna Kumar Kanagaratnamukha, kangaratnam who was again a refugee from sri lanka and this is really sad he he basically wasn't reported missing because he was a refugee and like i oh don't God. think he had the connections like and it's just it's so sad because here's like you have it's one thing like you're preying on people that like you know have well-established yeah. connections and stuff like oh. that but you're literally preying on the most vulnerable people yeah. right So, the minorities in all sense, right? So, they're immigrants, right? They don't have the proper social connections. They're marginalized, maybe, you know, by their identity. Like, it's ridiculous. And Um, the more
0: I hear this, I feel like the more I believe that he planned this just so he would get away with it. Because mm -hmm. he knew that no one was looking for these men. Exactly. You know?
1: And these men are, like, when I was researching, most of these men are some marginalized in one way or the other, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, if they're not gay, then it's like, you know, either they're a refugee, an immigrant, mm-hmm. they're facing, mm-hmm. uh, substance abuse, poverty, mm-hmm. drug abuse, like, mm-hmm. one of these boxes, right, mm-hmm. and that's really, really sad, because he knew exactly what he was doing, and he yeah. actually, you know, made what it a- so
0: his job would be easier, I, yeah. I honestly, like, I honestly mm-hmm. cannot fathom, like, yeah. What must go through some sick person's mind? Mm-hmm. Like, do this to anyone. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so nobody reported him missing. And t- 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 yeah. Uh, June 2016, so it's a couple months again. So, like, he does this in, like, a couple months go by, like, four to five, and he does something again, sporadic. Well, I don't know if it's sporadic, it seems premeditated, but anyways. So, um, he actually, so a man calls 911 and reports that MacArthur, again, had attempted to strangle him in his van during an otherwise consensual encounter. They better,
0: they better have fucking got him. This um, time, or at least put him in jail, or beat the shit out of him.
1: Well, what's the pattern, folks? Uh, um, as right now, he was let
0: go without charges. I, yeah, I cannot. I don't have words for this. There, what's there, there, ha- there were so many opportunities where mm-hmm. they could have looked into him.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why they didn't. Maybe he was unsuspecting. He was a white male. He was a white older, you know, the most fucking male.
0: privileged of mm-hmm. them all.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't really, you know. Um, And then he was like, go without charges. But you know what I find interesting is that in this one, he also turned himself into the police. And I'm really wondering why he keeps doing this. Like, is it a call for help? Is it like, like he just gets some sort of, like, sick kick
0: out of like you know i feel like it's that honestly i don't i i will never believe that (laughs) especially after like him stopping the killing after the project and stuff like i feel like he knows exactly what he's doing and it's just some kind of a game to him
1: i yeah i i honestly don't know i like it makes no sense to me why he would turn himself in right um maybe also like you know because these people had seen him so like Mm -hmm. maybe he was afraid that he would get reported um and then that would be more suspicious than if he himself turned himself i don't really know but in uh most of the cases where he did turn himself in he isn't
0: getting charged that that's the fucking weirdest part like if he's telling you that he's doing something Mm -hmm. like walk into it yeah what are you doing that is your entire (laughs) job Right, like it, it's—it really. I, you know, we get you like you're in charge of the investigation. <laughs> so furious, but yeah,
1: no, I I really don't know. I I and there aren't a lot of details available right now because um a lot of this is in classified court documents. In fact, even right now there are developments that are happening and it's still going on. Yeah. And you know people are still like trying to figure out the timeline because yeah. it's kind of murky on like what exactly happened when. Um, That's
0: the weird part about when I was researching this. mm -hmm, Yeah, there's hardly any information out there. Mm -hmm. Like there's, and I'm like, what? Because that's not that's not okay that he did Mm -hmm. this, and like people need to know what he did, Mm -hmm. and he should be in fucking jail forever. Yeah, and there's no information
1: on. There's a lot on like the victims, but there isn't really on him. And I guess it's. Like I don't know why, like you know what I mean. There isn't really what his like motive was, beside like one line or what it could be, and I, it's still developing. I get that, yeah, but like I still feel like there should be more of a focus on like, you know, like what, yeah. like
0: you know what I mean. What exactly went on, like yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can't, I can't believe that they didn't look into him despite him turning himself mm-hmm. in.
1: Yeah, and so like he was let go without charges again. And then you have, actually, like, a turn in the case, right? Where you have Dean Lysowick, or Lysowick, is killed. Um, And he was actually someone that had a really strong presence um, in his community. So he basically visited a homeless shelter for about 13 years on and off. So everyone kind of knew who he was. He was this really nice, like, caring person. And, you know, when he went missing, it kind of, somebody, like, you know, noticed And this is really interesting, on his disappearance and death, um, the Toronto Star basically, uh, released a quote, which was basically, uh, said that marginalized people are unlikely to be reported missing right away, you're essentially displaced if you are in a shelter, right? Because nobody really knows if you're in a shelter, if you're gone, then maybe you found, like, maybe your life turned, you know, around, and Mm -hmm. you, like, you're fine now, um, So, nobody really is going to report you if you go missing from a shelter. Uh, You're less likely to put down roots and have people who will check in on you. And again, this, like, this dirtbag is going after the vulnerable people, going after people that he knows will not really, you know, people will not notice if they go missing. Mm -hmm. And this is his MO, is that he goes after vulnerable people, which is really, and it's really disturbing. Um, And throughout all this time, obviously, the community is, like, realizing that, oh, something's wrong, you have people going missing, like, every few months, but, like, the police officially keeps denying that there ever is a serial killer, and this is their discourse through the entire thing, is that they deny that there was the possibility of a
0: serial killer. Like,
1: it doesn't even have to be, yes, there is, but, like, they're like, no. Yeah, it is
0: unbelievable that all they have all of this evidence mm-hmm. right in front of their eyes, and they refuse to a- acknowledge it mm-hmm. at all.
1: Yeah. And you have these people that are kind of like, like, I mean, it is linked, right? If you think about it, all of these people are vulnerable, right? One way or the other. And they're all going missing. Like, it's mm-hmm. not it's Yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, so people noticed, and this is kind of where it started to pick up uh, in 2017, so now it's a year before uh, mm-hmm. Salim Essen, a Turkish citizen, goes missing. He was also mm-hmm. um, someone who was struggling with addiction and he was trying to turn his life around. Um, I think he had like studied philosophy and like wanted to teach it. you know, um, people kind of knew who he was. He actually had finished a week-long course at a community center in peer counseling. Um, So, like, you know, again, you have these people that are, like, trying to, like, you know...
0: Turn their lives around. Exactly. And this shitbag took it away from them. Like... Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, he goes missing as well. Uh the same year Andrew Kinsman, who was a white Canadian born activist that had really strong ties in the area, went missing and again the case like picked up. Uh allegedly him and MacArthur had a sexual relationship. Um, MacArthur was in okay, so after he was discovered he mm-hmm. was discovered, Andrew Kinsman, MacArthur was caught like a month later because he became a person of interest. Now, mm-hmm. this is kind of the controversy, and I'm pretty sure you came across it too when you were reading, yeah. right? Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. like, um,
0: do you want to explain that? Um, so, basically, people yeah. were wondering mm-hmm. why it took a white man to go missing for them to look into MacArthur, mm-hmm. and why nothing was done sooner than th- yeah. this event, mm-hmm. basically. Exactly. Um,
1: so nobody really, like, the police got a lot of criticism for this, right? Because he was, like, you Mm -hmm. know, this was happening, but then all of a sudden, again, it picked up when a white male goes missing, right? Um, I, I, it kind of makes sense, because he does have strong ties in the community, if you look at it like that. Um, but at
0: the same time, a little bit, it's also because they believe that he had a relationship with Bruce MacArthur and that's something you want to look into for sure. Mm -hmm. Cause 90% I'm just making this percentage (laughs) up, but most of the time, (laughs) (laughs) um, most of the time it's usually like the spouse or, Mm -hmm. or the sexual partner. Mm -hmm. And that's the person that they look into first. And Mm -hmm. that might be a factor that played into them looking into Bruce MacArthur, but it's still fucking unbelievable that they didn't look into him before. Mm -hmm.
1: And like, you have people that like
0: accused him, like like straight up accused him. Okay. Okay. okay, Let's say you didn't listen to that. Mm -hmm. but He went to you and told you he did something wrong. Yeah. Why would you not (laughs) look at that? Exactly. Yeah.
1: I I don't know, like, I really just don't know if it's, like, not, per, like, if it was a procedural thing where, like, he wasn't, you know, charged with anything or because, like, they just didn't think it was enough to, like, I don't know, but it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, so, leading up to his arrest, right, so... Police kept denying there was evidence of any serial killers. Investigators actually, however, this was, like, really sketchy, and when I was reading it, they said it was sketchy. So, (laughs) um, investigators managed to get authorization to enter his house because he became a suspect. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they actually cloned his computer in connection to Andrew's death, and he was put under surveillance, um, Oh, A couple months ago... Um, ago, sorry. A couple months, I guess. I mean, ago for us, but a couple months mm. later, they mm. saw a young man entering Bruce MacArthur's apartment, and he was found tied up and unharmed. And this was all kind of that they needed to really get it going, because obviously now you know that this guy lured this man mm. into his apartment. Um, and he was arrested. Evidence was found. And this is the really kind of... Uh, um, they found, like, evidence... Like in planters, like he had basically the remains of these people he had buried in planters where he used to work. He actually used to um, store his landscaping equipment at this one house, and in exchange, he would get to mow the he would like mow the lawn for his storage. And so he actually put the remains of these people in a planter. And Can you put, imagine being
0: that person, yeah, exactly. That exactly. That, that sounds like like my, my heartbeats are fast. Yeah. They, thinking about it. That
1: is terrifying. I know. And he disposed one person or the remains of one person in a ravine and he was basically arrested. Um, And I think you're going to talk about the aftermath so I'll just quickly end this and say that they essentially was the largest forensic investigation in Toronto's history and it begs the question why didn't they notice something sooner? Because it's not that there's a lack of evidence because they clearly had like, like I said, 18,000 photos and 1,800 objects
0: to, Can like, you analyze. Can so. you believe? I, I just can't fathom mm-hmm. that, that they didn't look into. I will never get over that. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. It,
1: and I don't know why he was like, oh, so many times. It's just, you know, like... I don't know.
0: But anyways, I'll let you continue the aftermath. So basically, um, like I said before, this is very recent, as in like the Mm -hmm. sentencing took place in February of
1: 2019.
0: Uh So not that long ago at all. So Bruce MacArthur um, pleaded guilty to eight counts of first-degree murder for Mm -hmm. the deaths of Skandaraj Navratnam, Majid Kayan, Abdul Basir Faizi, Mm -hmm. Sharus Mahmoodi. Krishna Kumar Kangaratnam, Dean Lysiewicz, mm-hmm. Salim Essen, and Andrew Kinsman. So those were the men who were murdered brutally mm-hmm. by this horrible creature. Yeah. Um. So he's been sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Um. Justice John McMahon, Mahon. Sorry, McMahon. Uh-huh. Um. The Ontario Superior Court judge said that MacArthur's guilty plea and his age, um, uh, at which that he could apply for parole, were mitigating factors in sentencing. So, mitigating factors—I'm sure you know this, but mm-hmm. just I didn't, so I looked into it. So, they're basically, from what I understand, they're just factors that were taken into consideration when mm-hmm. delivering the sentence, and usually it means it's a more reduced sentence. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's correct again, it but is, that's, well, sure. yeah. that's what I understand from it. Yeah. So um, this would be like someone who pleads guilty is basically cooperating with the investigation. Mm-hmm. And so they get a more reduced sentence as opposed to someone who didn't plead guilty. Mm-hmm. So, or like if someone was provoked during an attack and then they hurt someone. So that would be also considered a mitigating factor. Right. So basically, Mick um, Arthur is currently 67 years old. And uh, so with the 25 years of parole, it, he would be 91 wow. when, when he would for, get his first chance at parole, mm-hmm. which was why they didn't hand him a more severe sentence, mm-hmm. I guess. But I don't know. Like, I personally think it just even to make it symbolic, it should yeah. have been something. I think so,
1: too. Because, I mean, even if he's 91, I doubt that he's going to really, like... <laughs> go and you you know like so like it it should for anything like it should be symbolic and
0: they should i feel like personally they should have it should have been something more significant Mm -hmm. than what he got yeah because this feels like a slap on the wrist for killing eight men
1: because because
0: he's old like you know what i mean i like it's i don't think age really should be a mitigating factor but it was in this case Mm -hmm. so um justice um John McMahon said that um, there's very little chance that Bruce MacArthur will ever be granted parole. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said that when Wild MacArthur took responsibility for pleading guilty, there isn't really ev- any evidence of remorse during the entire interaction that he had with the police, which is, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Like, yeah. I cannot believe you would do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, I feel like he's only sorry he got caught. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's not sorry he did this to these people. Mm-hmm. He's sorry he got caught. Exactly. But yeah, so um, his quote from the judge was that Bruce MacArthur is a sexual predator and a killer who lured his victims and ended up killing them for his own warped and sick gratification, which he did mm-hmm. because yeah. um, it, it just I cannot I cannot believe that mm-hmm. like anyone would do this. Like the way he posed the bodies. Yeah, and stuff was not that he did it by accident or he did it in the spur of a moment. Yeah, he planned this. Yeah, and it was him doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, um, the judge believes that MacArthur would have continued killing had it had he not been uh, apprehended by the police in January yeah. of 2018. So, unfortunately the the judge said that these men didn't die a quick and painless death which hurts me the most mm-hmm. and like I feel like that's even like as someone who didn't know these men like it makes me feel so sad to mm-hmm. hear that and like I can't imagine what their families are going through mm-hmm. when they must have heard something like this mm-hmm. but yeah in a number of instances the victims like I said they'd been staged for their pictures mm-hmm. and it was the quote from the judge is no doubt for his perverted form of sexual gratification, and this is talking about MacArthur. Mm-hmm. So he was the lowest of the low of demons there could ever be, mm-hmm. and this is why I again I say like I feel like I'm more scared of humans than I am of the other topics that we cover because mm-hmm. it's scary to see that like a person would do this to another person. Mm-hmm. So um Justice McMahon said that MacArthur's ability to repeatedly decapitate and dismember his victims was an aggravating factor Mm -hmm. and that he noted that MacArthur specifically targeted people living on the margins of society, which was, again, something that we covered and Mm -hmm. is super important in this case. Yeah. Um, So aggravating factors, again, I looked into it for, so this is uh, any factor that increases the severity of the criminal Mm -hmm. act. So these can be things like lack of remorse or the amount of harm done to the victim or doing the crime in front of a child. Mm Um. So as part of the sentence, MacArthur uh, will be added as a sex offender on the sex offenders registry, and he's banned from contacting any of the victims' families. Mm -hmm. Which is like, yes, thank you, finally. But uh, yeah, and like, do you remember uh, when he would contact them anyway? Yeah, and uh, because
1: sorry, can you repeat that? It like cut out.
0: Oh, I'm just saying, not that he would contact them, anyways, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't seem like he has any remorse whatsoever. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. Um. Also, like, I don't know, because remember when he first got probation? Well, his probation condition was to stay away from the village. Uh, Yeah, clearly
0: he didn't do it. So. Yeah,
1: and I don't know if it was enforced because it wasn't. Like, he killed so many people in the village.
0: Like like with this, like though, how would you even enforce? Like uh, right now, they can enforce that he doesn't contact. Their families, mm-hmm. but like you before, I don't think anyone was even trying to enforce that. You know, like who, who would keep an eye on him twenty four seven, making sure he didn't go near the village.
1: I mean, don't you have like th- maybe this is for like major crimes? Because at that time, it wasn't. A- major. Yeah, or like yeah, just yeah.
0: Monitors. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if they put that on him or mm-hmm. they even did anything. Yeah. But yeah. So apparently, MacArthur appeared really sad throughout the week in the court. And I'm like, boo fucking who, you got caught. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's only because you got caught that yeah. you're sad. I'm mm-hmm. sad that this to these amazing people you did it like eight times okay exactly. like any over so many years mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah any chance
1: like and for like he not only did he murder people but first of all they disappeared so their family was in so much like mental agony and stress exactly. and then imagine to find out that these people died and then he also on the side strangled people and people yeah. like straight out like told the police
0: and accused him and he didn't get charged You're sad. Mm -hmm. Suck that, loser. But yes, um, so the justice addressed that the impact of these horrific crimes um were like obviously on the family, the friends of the victims, Mm -hmm. and the impact on the LGBTQ community and the city in general was obviously not gonna go away anytime soon. And he yeah. said that this type of crime instills fear and distrust in the community and that it'll never be the same again, mm-hmm. which is absolutely true. So this guy didn't only affect these people and their families and friends. He affected all of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. in Toronto in general.
1: Yeah. And Toronto is such a welcoming, like diverse place. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. you would never think that something like that would happen
0: there. And I, oh yeah, it's just... Yeah, it, like, and regardless, like, mm-hmm. it, it, even if it didn't happen to, like, the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. it's, like, just people being taken from the world too soon. Like, mm-hmm. that's not okay and not yeah. fair to anyone. Yeah. Um, so outside of the courthouse, after the sentencing, family and friends of some of the victims expressed their anger and frustration over the judge not handing MacArthur a harsher sentence, mm-hmm. which I 100% agree with because I don't think 25 years is enough. Yeah. I think it should have been, like, you know, like, 99 years. I don't care if he's not going right. to live that. Because it
1: really doesn't matter, right? Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, 25 versus 99, he's old. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they should have gone for the symbolic <laughs> and set a precedent and say, like, exactly. this is not okay.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Because this just feels like a slap on the wrist. Like, right. it, do- it doesn't feel like it's enough.
1: Right. Eight people and you get 25 exactly. years without parole. Exactly.
0: So Nicole Berthwick, a friend of Andrew Kinsman, the last man to be murdered by MacArthur, Mm -hmm. um, said that it's not enough for the families. It's not enough for the lives lost and it's not enough for the community. Mm -hmm. There's no closure. There's no grace. The community is broken and it's going to be broken for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And I just I don't know. I just feel so sad. This whole like thing just makes me really like sad. And it makes me distrust the police because like you're supposed to be the ones to protect Mm -hmm. these people and protect us and you're basically let him do this thing for so long when Mm -hmm. you could have stopped
1: it yeah, and a lot of people say that also like not only did it, if it happened to like a white person or like predominantly white people then mm-hmm. it would be given more attention, mm-hmm. but people are also saying that it was a location, the fact that it happened in what was known as Toronto's like Gay Village, right? So yeah. you yeah. have a lot of gay couples and, you know, yeah. LGBTQ people. So yeah. that's also part of why this case didn't get a lot of attention was because it was Which happening in is so sad community. in this
0: Yeah. It not is. fair at all. Not
1: this fair. Is, this is not no offense. This is not Alabama yeah. or something like that,
0: right? This is Toronto. <laughs> like, Alabama. Yeah. What do you think of what's going on there right oh, yeah. now? Yeah. Um uh, everywhere. It, it, I cannot, I cannot fathom mm-hmm. that they would be okay with like regulating women's bodies with like mm-hmm. men. Twenty five men made decisions yeah. on what women could do. Right. And, like, it's so scary because
1: this is, like, regressive, right? Like, nobody's just... We're going stigma, back in time. And the stigma is, like, always, like, there. You know what I mean? With these issues, like, these are really, like, hot-button issues, which oh. shouldn't be hot-button issues, first exactly. of all.
0: Like, this it's is just, none of your business, what she yeah. does with her money, Like, mm-hmm. she can do whatever she wants. Who are you mm-hmm. to say? Yeah. So, like, anyways,
1: that, that was really scary, and yeah. this is scary, too. Like, if it actually happened or this was ignored because it happened in such a predominantly gay community, then that's very, very, like,
0: sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, in recent news, actually, in April 2019, so just a month ago, mm-hmm. um, Bruce MacArthur was taken to the hospital after he was assaulted in Millhaven Institution. Mm-hmm. Um, he was taken from this maximum facility. Uh, service whatever whatever it is jail mm-hmm. located west of Kingston, which is what I found interesting to a mm-hmm. local hospital. So I'm like, was it was he taken to your sister's hospital? Like,
1: I don't know, but I have been to Millhaven Institution. This is actually because it's right near Kingston. Okay. So when so one time my sister and I we went for a long drive, and so because she has been in that institution before, because mm-hmm. she worked she worked there for a bit, so she had to visit the inmates there. Um, mm-hmm. so she kind of knows um like where it is so we it's kind of secluded right so it's on this really unsuspecting road and it just has this one sign and the the institution itself is off to the side so Mm -hmm. she knew where it was so we actually went in because we wanted to take a turn and it was just a really rural road so there were no turns and so this was the only turn that we could take because we wanted to go back right so we got in and we took the turn and there was like um there's an officer like because there's an officer there's like a box right where they you know like oh why what is the purpose of your visit right so it was actually really interesting like yeah yeah. Yeah. and to like to kind of associate that with like that's where he's at is kind of terrifying because it's so close to home right like it's not like physically close but like you you know this place right yeah Mm-hmm. Um and then also Kingston. I don't know. That's very interesting. Yeah. He was taken to a hospital in Kingston.
0: The reason why he was taken has been like not really released. Mm-hmm. But I hope it's because someone attacked him. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry, but I hope I hope it's true. I hope someone attacked him.
1: I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so um it's important, again, to remember that this is a very, very recent case and that there are a lot of people living who are affected by this tragedy. Mm-hmm. So if we did say something hurtful or offensive mm-hmm. throughout this episode, we are extremely, extremely sorry. And that wasn't our intention at all. And mm-hmm. we like, we would really like to end this episode again by stating the names of the victims and saying a little bit about the men who were mm-hmm. brutally murdered because we don't want them to be remembered as just the victims of this horrifying crime. Mm So um, Skandaraj Navratnam was described as someone who was very social and jovial, and he was always ready ready to help his friends. Um, One of his friends said that he was an educated and curious man with a strong interest in global affairs, and he was unbeatable at Scrabble. So Jody Becker, a bartender at Zippers um, and a close friend of Skandaraj said that his laugh was just ridiculous, and if he started laughing, everybody would start laughing even if nothing was funny. Um, and this is so, like, adorable mm-hmm. and, like, loving. And I hope they remember him, like, in mm-hmm. the best light possible.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the next victim was Abdul Basarfezi. He was married and a father of two. Uh, his family didn't know about his ties to the LGBTQ community, so it basically he divided his life between Brampton, where he lived, and his social life in the gay village
0: downtown um the third victim was majid Cayenne. um he was the youngest of, of many siblings and he had a wife and children and he also frequented many of the bars in the village mm-hmm. and similar to mr fazey his uh, family wasn't aware of his ties to the lgbtq community um this was heartbreaking every mm-hmm. single every single thing i read
1: mm-hmm. it is and um like, I just imagine finding out too. Like, yeah, this...
0: and like this. like that, mm-hmm. this is just horrible,
1: yeah. Um, and then the fourth victim was Sharush Mahmoodi. His wife described him as her soulmate, and she is uh, overwhelmed by the grief of losing him, which is understandable,
0: and that's yeah. just yeah. and heartbreaking that she lost her person, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's just I don't know, like, I, I feel like I even if we say their names and say things about them, obviously, they're not gonna come back. Mm -hmm. So it's so sad. But I feel like I would rather end on their names than his name. Mm -hmm. But yeah so Krishna kumar kangaratnam um he was very close to his family and spoke to them regularly mm-hmm. and family members described uh their pain and shock over learning how he died and he and obviously all the other men did not deserve to go this way so mm-hmm. it is important that we remember them yeah in the best light possible
1: mm-hmm and then there's Dean Lyselik. His cousin told the court that his face lit up when he spoke about his daughter and that he hoped to get his life together so he could do more for her. He also kept in touch with his parents until his struggles with mel- mental illness landed him on the streets, but his uncle told the court that even though he would still occasionally send cards to his mother, it had been uh, that had been searched out uh, carefully for their expressions of love. Um... He was loving, he was a loving and caring man. His uncle Jerry Montanti said that he was not alone in the world.
0: And uh, I took all of these from um, Toronto, not Toronto Star, but uh, from BBC News. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have, like, I didn't write any of this. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to be clear. I'm just taking quotes from the newspaper. Mm -hmm. So the article was great. If you want to go look into that, go to BBC News and can find out post the link on it up of it on instagram mm-hmm. um so the next victim was salim he was very friendly he was kind-hearted open uh independent-minded and curious and passionate about learning new things like gardening and exploring new places and meeting new people so his brother said that in a family statement in june that his tender and kind humanity came before everything else and this is just so loving because i feel like i don't know i would have related the most to him because mm-hmm. um he was described as a nature lover and someone who enjoyed managing a cafe who had a passion for sociology and philosophy i don't know just just sounds a lot like me and mm-hmm. someone i would love to be friends with mm-hmm. but yeah yeah
1: um it's really sad like
0: it's just yeah. this is depressing know, this, this is makes, like... it makes me so
1: sad yeah and then there's Andrew Kinsman. He was active in the city's LGBTQ community. Uh, his sister, Karen Cole, said that he wanted to make the world a better place for those struggling to survive. She described him as uh, him as someone who, under his gruff demeanor, cared deeply about other people and who championed social justice issues. He was an extraordinary, quirky, and caring individual.
0: That's This, this is, like, I, I, I feel like I'm going to end this, where whoever's editing, we should end this episode with, like, silence mm-hmm. because i i don't think this i don't know i just feel like this is too close to home and like it makes me really sad mm-hmm. but yeah so that was the episode of mm-hmm. the village murders that spanned for way too long and could have been prevented
1: mm-hmm. had
0: police done their job properly
1: yeah rest That's in it. peace
0: yeah rest them. in peace
1: and i hope their families find something
0: hope they find peace. I yeah. hope they recover from this. You can't recover obviously like mm-hmm. like fully, but I hope there's some sort of like peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And I hope they can remember them in the best light like, possible. Yeah. And yeah, that's it for this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you
0: for listening. Yeah. And we'll see you next time.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, bye. Bye.